0: Welcome Welcome to to the the Cultivate Cultivate Network Network Podcast, where we're digging digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters.
1: Remember, that's just a test, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. What do you think of when you hear that? Stop and listen. Something really important is about to be broadcast. And why do we? Why? Why do we do that? Why do we stop and listen when we hear that sound? Because we've been indoctrinated with it. We know that that's the sound of urgency. Yeah, from a kid, you know, you remember the TV yeah. would come on the TV or the radio. It's like, whoa, is this a storm? Is this what's up? What's yeah. going on? Yep, what's up? So. It's amazing to me as we continue in our 30-day sermon series podcast uh, that for the church today, we have a very urgent message that everyone should be listening to. But there is, seems to be a lack of urgency in some way, shape, or form because the gospel is the only way to true salvation We know Acts 4.12 says that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Where's the urgency of the church today to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? We have the most important message that could ever be played, ever be heard upon the face of this earth. We have that, but where's the urgency today? Mm. So guess what the topic of today's podcast is? Urgency. Urgency. (laughs) <laughs> what does it mean to you, buddy, when you think of urgency today? What does it mean to you? Um, is the question in in context of the church or just in sure. general? Okay. think of, just, just think about it as so, the gospel itself in the church yeah. today, because we know there's a lack of urgency. Yeah. I mean, we're too interested in preaching our own idea or preaching our own agenda, sure. and we're not, there's no urgency in the gospel. Yeah, well, I... Well, when I think of something like that, and I
0: I try my best to go back as far as I can in history, so I go back to the first century of the church, right? And I, I I look and I contrast the urgency of the disciples to the urgency of the church that we live the church world that we live in today, and you can see the stark contrast. You know, I think so many times uh, we, we in the American church, the Western church, that's the only one we've, we're acquainted with, right? Uh, uh, we, um, we're really interested in comfort and comfortability. We're really good at going to church. Uh, we're really good at singing songs and preaching sermons and doing Sunday school or Sabbath school or whatever we do. And, but when it comes to the urgency of the gospel— you know, we have an urgency to go to church, an urgency to you know get ready for church, uh, an urgency to preach a sermon. But when we talk about a a burning fire, a fervent passion to getting the gospel to the unreached of the world, when we think of in the world, statistics say thirty three thousand people die every single day in 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 the world worldwide, and then you think of seven billion. people close to eight now, billion, billion with a B, people that live in this world. And just a few short years ago, there were 2.7 billion people that was made up of people groups that were unreached with the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. And our heart beats. And it's hard for us to get up and go sit in our stained glass pew and listen to a 30-minute sermon without looking at our watch to get to Kentucky Fried Chicken when we're done. And I think that there's a stark contrast between the passion and fervor and fire of a church that, that is risking life and limb and meeting in bunkers and, and underground and houses and corners of wherever they could in the woods to get the gospel forth. And it's hard for me to get up off the couch to even go listen to a sermon on a Sunday.
1: Why do you think it is? Why? Where did we lose the sense of urgency? Why, I mean, let's flat out. What, what was the breaking point to where we— where we fell off from the way that the church was coming up out of the book of acts as and We know Christ still adds to the church daily. But where did the urgency break? And my mind goes back, and even the scripture that we let out with last week, we looked at John the Baptist. As he was preaching in the wilderness and as the people would come out, he came out and he had a radical message that said, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He wasn't saying that the kingdom of heaven was going to be at hand in a year, 2,000 years, 3,000 years. He said, Repent ye now. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now is the day of repentance. Right. Today is the day of salvation. If you hear the Lord's voice, harden not your heart as your fathers did in the provocation when they tempted the Lord in the wilderness. Mm. But today is the day of salvation. This is the moment. This is the time. This is the day. There was urgency in his message. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us repent. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. But let us repent and let us seek his face. The urgency of the message to get it out there. You just said a few minutes ago, all the people What, 33,000 a day that die and go in somewhere? They're going somewhere. They're either going to heaven or hell. There's an eternity for everyone. They're all going into eternity. But where's the urgency of the church? Mm. Where did it break? Where was the breaking point that flat out said, you know, the gospel's good and all, but, you know mm so <laughs> you know with, with every earthquake there's there's what aftershock. there's
0: now but what's before that there's a there's there's a center there's a there's a Epi- what, what do they call that epicenter epicenter right? of The correct yeah. yeah so it, it, when i when i go back and i i it, it's almost like doing a um um uh, a a uh, uh an analysis what do you what do you call when somebody dies and you're doing the you're doing the uh You're looking at the body to see what happened to the body Uh, autopsy. An autopsy. It's it's an autopsy. Thank you, man. I need some more coffee today, (laughs) but you think about the autopsy of the church in this situation. Okay. Okay. Let's go back in history again for the first 300 years, 313 ish years of, of the the church. The church was illegal. Christianity was illegal. That's right. You had to hide to preach. Yeah. And if you didn't, you were you were murdered, and they Absolutely. were they were put into coliseums. Yep. They were fed to lions. Yep. They were burned at the stake. Yep. And these believers were were extremely passionate. Mm. They were unstoppable. They didn't fear death. They didn't fear persecution. They didn't fear. Their only fear was that the world would not hear the gospel. Oh my goodness! Wow. And it multiplied exponentially across across the land in uh, three. The year three around three thirteen. Constantine legalized Christianity. Yeah. He domesticated something that was never meant to be domesticated. He made it a part of the government. He made it, he, but that way he could control it. Mm. They wanted to control this church, so they, they legalized it so they could make it a part of the government. And, and so you can see it so even today— that rooted so deeply in the powers of man that man can control that it's been domesticated Mm. to the point that we're not persecuted anymore and so i think the 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 domestication of the church is what started us down the path
1: of craving comfort over christ's glory i think last week you mentioned the uh, missionary from china that whenever he was given his testimony he said that he prayed for the american church because the American church had grown too comfortable and they had forgot what it means literally to need a savior for the persecution that they faced in China and stuff like that, that they had dug in deep and that they were really seeking the face of God where the American church had grown comfortable and resting upon their blessed assurance. So as you look at the urgency of the gospel, my mind always goes back to this very question is why do we need a savior? Mm. Why do we need a savior? Yeah. And and I think this is a thing that we fail in today is we want to preach God's love to every single person. But if you're preaching to me, God's love every minute of the day that God loves you, Jamie, God loves you and he loves you unconditionally. And oh, this is another one of my favorites. God will never love you more than he does right now. If you're preaching that message to me, why on earth would I ever come to repentance if, if, you're, if God loves me, regardless of what I'm doing and the shape I'm in, if he has a plan for my life, if everything you're saying is true, why on earth would I need repentance? Because he obviously loves me. He's got a plan for me. But there's no urgency to actually understand what the gospel message truly is, is that all have fell short of the glory of God and that we all need a Savior. Mm. We need to repent from our sins. God is love. We know that. But we know that sin has separated us from God. That's why Jesus was sent to this earth to die for our sins. But we, as children of God and as people of this world, we have to admit, confess our sins. The Bible tells us if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness but we must make confession Mm. we must admit that we have sinned (laughs) and fell short of the glory of God we must believe that Christ was sent to this earth to die for sinners and as the apostle Paul said of whom I am chief and then we must commit our lives to him giving ourselves to him having an encounter with the father we must have a savior Mm. there has to be a savior we have to have that that's urgency to me that's urgency to me it's, the Bible doesn't say, knowing the love of God, we persuade men. It says, knowing the fear of God, we, we, we persuade men. The wrath, the terror of God. Knowing that God is a God of judgment. That's why we persuade men. That's why we minister. That's why we preach. That's why we disciple. We know the terror of God. We know that there is a devil's hell waiting on the other side if we do not put our hands and our lives into the arms of the master. Why would that not be a message of urgency that's ministered today instead of a message of just pure love?
0: Well, is it love, Anthony? That's the question. Is can we question God's love? John three sixteen. for God so loved no. the world. While I was yet a sinner, Christ yeah, died for me. He died for can me. We, we can't question no, we whether remember. God loves us anymore, or any less because of something we do. Yeah. Because then it's works that we're saved, right? So I don't, <laughs> right. I don't, Christ don't love me anymore because I come to him yeah. than he does because I don't. I choose not to come. He loves me. He loves me because he loves me. Yeah. But then is it true love, though? Here's, here's the question for me is it true love? To preach a message that there is no, no such thing as sin or separation from God, that's not, not love that's at not all. Love. Matter no. of fact, I love what Billy Graham said. He said the more clearly, the more clearly we see the infinite uh, a, a chasm between God's holiness and our sinfulness, the more we will recognize our need for a Savior. Mm. So, so, so the predecessor, so the gospel can't be good news if we don't know that we need desperately need the gospel. Yeah. So the first duty of 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 a minister is to help help the world understand that, that the need for a Savior. If I don't understand the consequence of sin and the condition of sin, then why do I even need a Savior? Why, exactly. What's the significance of the, of the death of Christ on there the cross? Why did he have to die to save me? Well, save me from what? What are you talking about? And I go back to um, the Scripture where Paul was writing to the church. I think it was Galatia. And he said the words that the law is this our schoolmaster to bring us to to the knowledge or to to christ so what does the law do the law calls out sin it Mm. lets us know our condition and you think about that if you put that in modern context this is the way i have i'm a simple mind i have to think of things simply so here's here, here it is when do i check my speedometer usually if you pass a cop (laughs) exactly the presence of the law causes me to look and look at my condition in the moment Mm -hmm. without the presence of the law i'm going to keep on trucking yeah so that the, the law disrupts our norm and calls out our sin which recognizes our need for a savior and in in this thing called life in my car i can hit my brakes and slow down and in this thing called life, I don't have a break I can hit and control my life and my my own ability. I need a savior.
1: My gosh, I've heard you say it before, but I don't guess it meant as much to me as what it just did just then. That was pretty cool. I had never heard you say the part about the break. That's really good. <laughs> That's really good. I, I let's uh, wow. I'm kind of speechless. <laughs> but how true is that? Because. When we see the police, that's so the first action we do. We always hit the brake. We sure. could be doing the normal speed limit, and we're like, oh. Mm-hmm. oh. We always look. Yeah, you always have that <laughs> jerk reaction. But in life, it's true. There's not a brake right off the bat. There's got to be something to reel you in, man. And that has to be a Savior. So <laughs> as, we, as we look at this with the urgency, the urgency of the gospel, if we look at Jesus speaking in John chapter 4, verse 35, Why should there be an urgency to the gospel message today? Jesus said this. He said, Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, Mm. all ready to harvest. If the church does not go out and minister, if we do not do the great commission mm. to go forth and to spread the good news of the gospel mm. to the lost and the dying world there are fields that are ready for harvest they're white where you live at today wherever you're listening to this podcast at, mm. you may be in australia you may be in california you may be in florida wherever in the world you are at you may be in asia somewhere i don't know but in the area that you're at the field around you is white and ready for harvest And the Lord went on to say, pray ye that the Lord send laborers into the harvest. And what's the labor? It's the labor of love of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, because that's where salvation lies. The field's ready for harvest. It's white and ready to be harvested. Pray that laborers go forth. Wherever you're at today listening to this podcast, you're a laborer for Christ. Mm. Go forth into the field that God has called you into. Labor mm. therein and reap the great harvest for the Lord. Sow into it. Man, it's ripe and it's ready for harvest. they just sitting there. They're hungry, needing a Savior and they need to have direction. How can they hear unless there is a minister? How can they be sent and unless the Lord sends them. But you've been called to be sent. You were called to go forth into this field for harvest. Wherever you're at, there's a great calling that has went forth for you, the great commission of Christ to go, to move forward for the glory of God. Man, go out and sow into the field. Reap what God has already done. Spread the good news of the gospel. That's an urgent message. Yes, it is. The field is white and ready for harvest. It's ready for harvest. Breaks my heart. So,
0: Anthony, one of the things that you're... As you were talking there, that that we all need to have this sense of urgency. We
1: should, The easiest
0: thing for me to do, if I'm not a minister of the gospel, is to say, well, that's the duty and the job of the minister. The greatest cop-out there ever has been. I am actually (laughs) a member of the church and not Mm -hmm. a preacher of the church. So, (laughs) my duty is to give my tithes... Show up to church, not cuss and smoke and drink and do those things and be a pretty good citizen, pay my taxes. And then I'm going to someday just go to heaven. Here's the trick. Well, bless God. (laughs) Well, bless God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Well,
0: that's that's there's a song about that called Blessed Assurance. (laughs) <laughs> there is. While the world goes to hell, we sit on our blessed assurance. That's not in your hymn book, I promise.
1: But <laughs> hey, do but,
0: <laughs> but here's the thing. We, as a church, as a body, as a, and I've been guilty, we all have. And if, you're, if, you, if you don't have, you're a self-righteous bigot. I'm just kidding. You're, I'm not calling you words. But you are self-righteous. But, but, but here we go. We all stand guilty of being way too comfortable in, in the, 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 the comfortable version of Christianity that we live in, especially in the USA. Um, we are all, ninth row Nanny, 4th row Freddie, 14th row Frank, hmm. and back row Betty are all called to take the gospel to the uttermost part of the world we cannot ignore somebody said well i'm i'm just don't feel led to to, to be an evangelist or, or to take the gospel out well guess what you don't have to feel led to you just have to read your bible mm. mark 16 matthew 28 acts chapter one you read your your the scripture the word of god there is no out there is no escape From the call, the command. It's not a call. I don't feel called to to take the gospel. No, no, no. You're commanded to take the gospel. It is not an option that I get to choose. It is not a calling that I have to wait for. It is a command that I have been told to do by God. I don't feel like it. He
1: never said you feel like it. He just said do it. I think that that's. I think that I think a lot of people have that misconception that you know the minister. Well, that's the minister's job. That's the deacon's job. That's the trustee's job. That's somebody else's job. And I'm you know I'm here. I'm a lay member in the church. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. The fact and the truth of the matter, flat out, is is that every single one of us are ministers of the gospel. If we've There's, been saved by Christ, then we are ministers of the gospel. No such thing as a lay member. I gotta interrupt no. you.
0: Lay members lay. Yeah, they lay down. Mm, they oh, lay. Yeah. That's not, there's no such thing in the church of Jesus Christ as a lay member. Sorry. Keep
1: going. Oh no. I'm glad you said it. Cause that's exactly where I'm at. And then we also have this mentality is that somebody else will do it. I don't have to do it. Somebody else will do it. Oh, it's okay. I don't have to go out and be this missionary. I don't have to go out and I don't have to go do this. I don't have to do that. I don't have to spread the gospel here. I don't have to tell this one about it. Somebody else will do it. Somebody always else. Somebody else always does it. I'm not going to say anything. You know, that's such a lie, (laughs) such a bad lie. Mm. And then my other favorite one is, oh, well, we will do it tomorrow. And then that takes us to more urgency. (laughs) James 4 and 14. Mm. When we think about the urgency of the gospel and the urgency of life, you know, we've talked about what time means and how we're to redeem the time and how we are to hold to the, to the things that the Lord has given unto us. And the urgency of the gospel flat out tells us this, as James spoke in James 4 and 14: whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, mm. for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then it vanisheth away. Mm. Man, we've all been given a little amount of time. None of us are promised tomorrow. You're not promised the next moment. Some of us may not even ever finish this podcast. There's no promise that me and you'll walk out of this room today. We're not promised that. The Lord could call us home at any moment of time. But with the time that we have been given... There should be urgency in it. The free gift of God that the Lord has given us through the salvation, through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross over 2,000 years ago. There's urgency that should be inside of that for us today to share the good news of the gospel, to share the free gift that we've been given, to know what it meant to need a Savior, to be to experience what true freedom was in our lives, to be able to hold on to that and to see it and to spread that forth. I don't know what tomorrow holds. So the day, the day is the day of salvation. This is the day that I want to move forward. And I want to tell others about the good news of the gospel. There is no let's wait for tomorrow. There is no somebody else is going to do it. Man, it's like you said, we were commanded to go do this, to do this for the Lord. Man, that's why we must remember what does it mean to need a Savior. Remember the condition that you were in when you didn't know who the Savior was, who Mm. Jesus was. You didn't know you needed a Savior. You needed help. You needed some type of freedom from the sin that you lived in, and then you encountered Christ, and Christ made a difference in your life. We forget Once we're in this Christian way for a time, we forget what it means to need a Savior and that the world's broken, man, and they need a Savior. Why would we not be out spreading the good news of this gospel? We don't know what tomorrow holds, not only for us, but for the world in general. Why would we not be spreading the gospel? The urgency of it. Mm. There should be so much urgency in the gospel today for the church, for the members, for every single body. Every mm. member of the body of Christ is called to go forward, to move forward. Don't sit and get stale, but move forward. What did Apostle Paul say? He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ.
0: There's a warfare. Constantly. And the warfare is out, Anthony, yeah. to... to paralyze the progress yeah. of the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
1: That's so true.
0: And he's done it in so many ways. The enemy of our soul, the enemy of the enemy of God. He doesn't want the, the glory of God to be poured out. He doesn't want revival to happen. He doesn't want souls to be saved. Yep. And so Satan, the enemy of our soul, he's not necessarily out for our seat in church. <laughs> he could care less if my butt hits that seat. That's right. As long as my boots don't hit the street.
1: That's a fact.
0: He don't care if I show up on Sunday. No. Nope. As long as I don't show up on Monday. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care how I worship on Sunday. Right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to hold me back from that as long <laughs> as he can hold me back, as long as he can keep it in the container of that building. Yeah. The very minute that, that 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 worship, that passion, that urgency – leaves he don't even care about how excited I get about the sermon yeah as long as that excitement fades when I hit that exit sign in the back yep and I never put it into practice on Monday yeah see the thing is is he's out he's out for all of us he's out he's out for our soul not just our seat and he's out not just for our attendance because we think, I have attendance, I go every week, I do this, I do that, I, I attend on Wednesday even, I even go on Sunday night. Mm. Well, guess what? Here's your cookie. He's <laughs> <some> not <laughs> out. <laughs> Forget the milk. You, you just get a cookie. No, he's he's not out for our attendance. Right, come on. He's out for our affections. Yeah. And if our affections are on ourselves and the world on monday he could care less what our attendance is on sunday so as as we as we think of anthony and and so you know thank you and and guys listening in anthony ministered this last week at at journey community and in such a powerful way um the urgency to mobilize the mission that we are all called to the The realization that we are all called to be ministers of the gospel, regardless of our title. Forget the stinking titles. Yeah. We are called, all of us, from the youngest in the nursery to the oldest in the nursing home. Yeah. We are called to be firebrands in darkness. Mm. And boy, is this world darkness. So we need to burn for the passion and the urgency of the
1: gospel. So break down, break down the container. Let the container shatter. Understand that the church is not four walls that you're contained in on Sunday, Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Understand that the church is the bride of Christ. That is the church itself. That's the people that make up the body of Christ. You are the church. You were called to go forward to spread the good news of the gospel to a lost and a dying world. Don't be comfortable in sitting, but get uncomfortable for the gospel of Jesus Christ. To see lives truly transformed. And you will find that there's nothing more rewarding than to see one come to the saving knowledge of Christ. To hear the good news of the gospel and to see Christ start a work in their life that will forever change them. And then we get to sit back and watch as they go forward, as we still go forward. I know I said sit, but nevertheless, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but as we, as we move forward with them, that sounds better. There you go. You like it that better, That's right? better yeah. Yeah. good Yeah. As we good move theology. forward together, instead of sitting and take it back, strike that reverse it. <laughs> we'll delete it. <laughs> delete it. But as we move forward together and see as they help others into Christ, as the laborers go forth into the white fields ready for harvest. Urgency, man. we got to have it. The Lord's called us into an urgent message. Hey, normally when you hear that, those sirens like we played at the beginning, when Mm -hmm. you hear that, there's an important announcement that follows. Right. Honey, there's never been a more important message, more urgency than that of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, guys,
0: get your Bibles and your boots. Get ready to transition from butts in seats to boots on streets. You're called to do it. Matter of fact, you're commanded to. Not an option. There's no plan B. The church is plan A. Ready, set, go. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time, keep cultivating.